Welcome to The Real Deal, where God, His purposes, and His people are celebrated. I'm Rachel Inouye, bringing you encouragement through real life, people, and their stories. It's The Real Deal. Hey, let's get started. Then one one friend just said, oh, I just love Jill Briscoe so much. Thank you for having this. And then I got this from a gal in Marco Island. Oh, goodness. And she is putting my podcast up, you know, so that I could put this on social media. But she said, one of my all-time favorite Jill Briscoe quotes, people may resist our advice, Uh spurn our appeals, reject our suggestions, refuse our help, but they are powerless against our prayers. Actually, I don't think that's mine. Isn't it? Uh, Well, I mean, I used it, but I think... You said it, but it might have been a quote from someone? Yes. Yeah. But that's, do you know, I brought that from England, so it's 40 years old. Yeah. It'll be all right. He's probably dead, whoever said it. (laughs) They they may be dead, but you must have used it because you've seen it true. Oh, I I use it a lot. Yeah. But I usually give credit. I'm so careful for that. But it doesn't matter. That's fine. So who's that, who's been impervious to your prayers? Uh, well, People, my children, sister, grandchildren, okay. who I'd given up, and she's three years older than me, and um, I, I started by giving her the books I'd written, and she never mm. read them, and I could never find it when I went home. I'd just poke around. and So I gave up, and uh, my daily devotional with Tyndale came out, and that was 20 years ago, if more. Yeah, 2015. And I sent it her, and I said, if I don't see any evidence, this is the last book I'll send her. And I didn't see any evidence. And so I didn't send her anything for about eight years. And then just four years ago, I went home, and I, she lives near Cape Ray, so each okay. time we go to Cape Ray every year, I always try and go and spend some time with her and her family. And uh, I came down in the morning ready to go to Cape and Ray, and she wasn't in the kitchen, but the Bible. It was my daily devotional Bible, not my daily, Oh, you know, okay. The, 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 I did. Yeah. For Tindo. Uh, open on the kitchen with her glasses on it, and I was in such shock. Now, this was 10 years before I'd quit, and that was the last thing I sent her. So she comes in behind me and I said, Shirley, would you tell me something? Have you been reading this? And she said, yes. I said, how long? She said, since you gave it me. Oh, all those years she'd been reading it. And I, it's my biggest story I share. I'd given up. And anyway, I said, I can't tell you. It was near Christmas. What a present this is to me! And then the the wall comes down. You know what I mean? The invisible wall. Yeah. And I backed off, and so I, I called Stuart at home in America, and I said, Stuart, have I ever been repenting? I gave up, and I said, I think God is telling me, tell people never give up, and if you do not see them come to Christ, it doesn't mean. They haven't, and I've used them. So, um, you know, double lesson, Rachel. Yeah. I have had people, certainly over in Amer- all over America, say my so-and-so's in hell. Uh, he never re- repented. I said, were you there when he died? No. I said, let me tell you my story. And God told me to tell you, 
did you pray for him every day I said then did you didn't pray in faith believing but even though you didn't pray in faith believing whether you see it or not he's in heaven he answered your prayer mm. now you go out and tell people my story yeah because you know what I mean yeah it's it's seeing is believing yeah it's no believing is seeing yes you know? I think you've told me yeah. that before too. You yeah. you actually settle the matter. You've taken it to God. You settle the matter whether you see it. Well, it says, pray in faith, believing you have what you do not have. Mm -hmm. That's Jesus' mm -hmm. words. Mm -hmm. And you shall have it. Mm -hmm. Whether he didn't say you will see it. Right, right. So so good. Yeah. Oh, look at this. Look at this waiter. I know. Okay, just He's like a couple. well trained. Okay, we're gonna leave this in. This is the real deal, people. Oh, the real deal is that I am. Uh, yes, Too that, much? No, that's perfect. And then you give it a little stir. I am receiving <laughs> some brown sugar in my coffee cup from more than the major D, more than the waiter, <laughs> Sir Stuart Briscoe. Thank you, Major D. <laughs> I'm the RD. Yes, you're the real deal. The RD. Just let my dad. Thank you. Do you take sugar? No. Okay. Thanks. Don't okay. Thanks, darling. Thank you, Stuart. You're welcome. One of these days we're going to do the two of you together. That's fine. Would that work? Yeah, of course. Okay. Do it all the time when we're away. The talk I gave us, if lead, um, Matthew 28, go into all the world. And I'd never seen those two little words, some doubted. Mm. Eleven, in his resurrection body, before he goes to heaven, he gives the commission. And it says some believed and some doubted. Never seen it. Mm. So I came back from giving that talk without that at If Lead. Yeah. And took two days and staggered. It means half-hearted. It means lukewarm. This is where it's used, the same word. Jesus uh, saying you're lukewarm, you know, Revelation yeah, yeah, 20. Right. It's used in the storm at sea where Peter gets out of the boat, hesitated. It's used okay, there. Okay. Uh, and so, uh, so then what I did was look at all the disciples and say, I wonder which one it was. Well, it wasn't Thomas because okay. he had already doubted. And right. Jesus had already shown him and right. he had already believed. Right. Uh, maybe it's good we don't know who it was, but that's 10 of them which of them could could have said after his 40 resurrection appearances and then i thought well if it, if i was nathaniel an old man what do you mean <laughs> going to and i think all mm. of them would have saying he mm. stayed 40 days he's going to do it okay what do you mean you're going right and the shock of that don't go, don't go, you know, staring up into heaven. Um, was, it, was it that they're looking forward to going back to Galilee, taking their wives who were with them in the upper room and getting back to normal? Uh, probably some of them, but what, what does it mean? So I did a thing about um, half a heart. Did, mm. you, did you think he didn't see you when you gave him half your heart? Oh, so good. It was good. So good. So God gave me the poem, which seems to be a killer each time, which is good. Yeah. So I did that a couple of days before I went with this. Mm, mm. Everything's about the heart, isn't it, Jill? 
Well, yeah. You know, um, one time one of my kids said, Mom, is everything about the heart? I'm like, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Guard yeah. your heart for it's the wellspring of life. Yeah. Every every issue flows yeah. from it. Or, you know, you, yeah. you think you maybe did something, but you did it half-heartedly, yeah. or you did it with a wicked yeah. heart, or you did yeah. it with a, you know, it's about the heart. Well, I love those incidents where the word, same word is used in a different context, doubted. Mm-hmm. And actually what would be great is just to tell the incident, Peter getting out of the boat, what caused his taking back half his heart, the wind and the waves. He took his eyes off Jesus, you know. And what? why couldn't, wouldn't they let Jesus in? Uh, what, what was, why were they half-hearted? in Laodicea. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it, I think that's the same word that's used for the flesh there um, as well. But what I find interesting is when that happens mm -hmm. to Peter, he puts on his coat. And I always think if you're going to get jumping into the water, you would take off your coat. But Never what I love that. about that is he put on his coat because last time he walked on the water. Oh, you, so it's almost mean, like he got ready. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Who puts on their coat to jump in the water? You would, but it's yeah. like to me, I think, okay, he put on his coat he, he because the last time with his, his he, shawl, right? Yeah, and he takes and gets gets his coat on. Oh, and then he goes, expected to do it again. That's what my yeah. thought is. It's like, okay, he done that and before. He sank to the bottom, and I'm like, okay, I love that. <laughs> that splashed his way. <laughs> this reality was okay. I'm gonna do this again though, which I think. I mean, I have to check the sequence, but I think that's interesting. Yeah, it is. All right, so a little bit of a different topic. Yes. I would love for people to know about um, when you were in the hospital and your kind of salvation story. Okay. It involves Jenny, I believe, right? Yes. Okay, I was um, in my end of my first semester, second semester at Cambridge, and uh, got sick in the middle of the night uh, pain that wouldn't quit felt like sort of appendix sort of thing. Mm. They rushed me into Edinburgh's hospital and it wasn't appendix apparently, but they didn't know what it was and it kept me there three weeks. Wow. While they were trying to figure out. But apparently it wasn't uh, because they couldn't figure it out. It was because God wanted me there three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. Because the nurse led me to... Christ, she was sick. She was in the same ward and next to me. And so I found the Lord in very unusual circumstances by a very unusual girl who really didn't know what she was doing in leading me to Jesus because yeah. she'd just come to Jesus herself. Mm. And she was practicing on me, which she did very enthusiastically. And uh, so she'd had one lesson in leading me to Christ and luckily she chose a verse of scripture a passage of scripture for me to read mm. which was Luke chapter 5 where Jesus calls a fisherman and uh, so she led me to the Lord and then the next day she said now let's talk about Luke chapter 5 and I said, she said, um, Jill, we're both flat on our backs, we can't sit up. And so I was trying to, oh, I find this huge Bible. She's plunked on my side and I felt really embarrassed. A ward of 40 women all looking at 
they'd heard my language, so they're wondering what I'm doing with the Bible. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, she said, let me explain it to you. And I said, I understand it. She said, how do you understand it? You've never read the Bible before. So I said, well, my father was a fisherman and I'm my father's daughter. Yeah. I get it. She said, what do you get? Well, now I'm going to fish for men. That's what he said, right? I don't know what that means, so you can explain that to me. But um, I think I understand it. And because my father was an expert fisherman, sort of exciting, uh, he taught us how to make the flies for the certain trout that mm. went up the river. And I just started telling her all my fisherman stories. And so I said, somehow that means you do it with people. How do you, how do you fish for people? So she told me, and then she said, now let's practice. Next morning, here's the nurse, chief nurse, tell her what we did two nights ago. Mm. So she pushed me into seven times with different nurses. I said, seven times at the end of the day, I said, what are you doing to me? I'm seriously ill. And she said, well, I've heard your language, and incidentally the little girl next to you died did you notice and I said yes she said I think you've got the same problem she has she frightened me out of my mind <laughs> wasn't true oh, oh. we have laughed there is a so technique. much about this in the after long years after yeah uh, and so she said and I prayed that you won't get better soon because I have a lot to tell you and I've seen your friends and you're going to go back and lose all your friends Jill because now you're a Christian and I said what are you talking about why you didn't tell me that before I became a Christian I might not have become one why would I lose them she said you'll find out <laughs> which I did mm. so anyway bless her heart it worked and as much as I understood and as much as she understood, I gave my life to Christ. So went back to college and faced the music and survived because I had Jenny breathing over my shoulder. You kept in contact? Yes. Oh, oh yeah, because she was a part. nurse in the hospital, but she was sick. Okay. So she was she was from London, Dr. Stott's church, but um, she was she got a position at Cambridge the only big hospital there. So she she just helped me to grow. She linked me up with InterVarsity at my mm. college. And C.S. Lewis had just been saved at Oxford. He came to my college uh, in my third year. And my I never needed to go to Bible school because the debates in InterVarsity were between Lewis and an atheist who who was a very famous scientist who invented the Jordel thing up there in the sky, telescope. Mm. And um, there would be debates between science and the Bible, and they'd go on two hours, and proper debates, not screaming at each other, yes. but one statement yep. and then the other. And he was an honest atheist. Uh, he, he said... I realize I'd have to know everything to know there isn't a God, so I can't be an atheist. I'm an agnostic who doesn't know whether there's a God. So I learned so much from these debates, one position, the other position. The right other. there on campus. Oh, yes, every Saturday night in, in the uh, debating hall. 
Yeah. Wow. And so the people that we know as the theologians of our time, yeah. they would come and uh, that's what I just did Saturday. And then they gave me uh, wonderful Bible reading books, quite deep where I had to do study every day. And, and they just, that was it. Wow. And then uh, sent me out into the world. That's yeah. how I came to Christ. It encourages me because for the rest of my life, I learned how to lead someone to Christ. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if it could be done that badly, then I had plenty of time to find out how to do it properly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and actually, I used to use the shock tactics yeah. quite a lot, depending on who I was leading to Jesus, because yeah. I had to make sure that they were like me and they'd work with them. I think the basis, she said, you can only, t this is one of the things she said is written in my Bible. You can only take people as far as you've grown, grown yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I've thought about that most days of my life. So you can lead someone to Christ. I did in those days when I didn't know anything. Yeah. But I couldn't teach them how to pray unless I learned how to pray, which means they wouldn't have lasted long. Yeah. And uh, in other words, you can only take people you're trying to help as far as you've gone yourself in your quiet time, mm -hmm. all of these things. Isn't it interesting that it almost ties into when you arrived to see your mother for those last hours, that the nurse only knew she could only give away what she knew to do. That's right. Do you know what I mean? Only she to a certain taught, point. That's a huge lesson. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, you can only take people, but it does, But the, the challenge of that to me is, okay, grow, grow, grow dig, dig. Grow, Because then you can take them further, right. and then you can help right. them in the end be a missionary. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, and actually, I believe when Paul said, I impart yeah. these things to you, I believe we are to have impartations. Yes. We are to say, what I carry, I now give to you. And yes. like literally... Um, that is the the gospel is that yeah. one sows into another, yeah. not just the masses, but yeah. yes, the masses, but one to another. But then that person now carries Elisha, Elijah yes. kind of thing, right? right? It's amazing. It is. It's amazing. It is. So you know, I I would say too, Jill, everybody's called to lead people to Christ. Of course, everybody, everybody. But there are giftings and. You, you are a gifted evangelist. Like, I don't know if you feel that. I just know that there's almost something in your voice I hear. Uh, there's something, like, not that you could say John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt and people would just pull forward, but there's literally, like, there's this point when you are leading people to Christ or when you've given a sermon or a talk and then there's something that goes on where you're just going to lead them, and they come. It's it's well, I don't it's a know. command, but it's also sort of an anointing I that don't, you have. I, I, I think that is the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit for everybody, though. Yeah. And um, I don't think of myself mainly as an evangelist. I think of myself mainly as a teacher. Mm. If there's a specific gifting for voice. But then I think I got my training in... Uh, Pharaoh's household mm. and I mean Moses I didn't know this until I dug into it not long ago he was trained as one of the commanders of Pharaoh's army he went out and fought ancient history tells us mm. uh, so he knew how to keep a million and a quarter people safe when the tribes were attacking them in the desert because he'd been in Pharaoh's household. He knew four languages. 
and he'd know the languages of all those people groups. Exactly. And so his incredible upbringing, he was going to be Pharaoh. Hmm. He was being trained to be Pharaoh in, in management of people and yeah. everything, when yeah. you think about it. Uh, absolutely incredible. And I always encourage people to look at where were you trained and the secular training you have like my Cambridge degree, it isn't in what to teach, it's how people learn, learning skills. Yeah. Who's in front of me? My job to teach how they learn, not one size fits all, like America. Yeah. Right? And so I've stood in front of illiterate people. How do they learn? Drama, mm -hmm. art, music, mm -hmm. dance. Well, I can't sing a note, but second and third subjects I did at Cambridge were drama and art. I was trained in pharaohs. Right. You know that. Right. And and I remember teaching mountain people that were illiterate that had had these visions and dreams. And in Cusco, uh, Stuart and I were privileged to be on the first team with them all sitting there. And they'd been gathered together to learn who was this Jesus and what was his book about. Mm. I had 50 in my group sitting on in their beautiful mountain clothes. And then he said to my interpreter, as, uh, um, the trade language was used, which all of the different groups all the way down South America knew the trade language. Um, she said, now you know they're all illiterate. And I, I said, I only found that out shortly ago. But yes, I presumed. And she said, so what are we going to do? So I said, well, I wanted to see what I got in this room. And there was a, a white a board, blackboard with white chalk. And so I started cartooning the Bible from Genesis to oh. Revelation. Took four days. Well, I have five days. Five days with them sitting there with no help, no nothing. Yeah. And with trade language interpreter. But, um, and I could pull them out and make them mime right, and right. stuff. It was great fun. Right. And I th I, as I'm doing it, I'm thinking, what did I do? Dance had just come in. It was it was music and movement, we called it. It, yeah. Came, yeah. it came into the classrooms in my day. So I thought, well, it's, it's years since I used this. Yeah, but it's still there. But it could be dormant. I did ice skating. I was I, I was an ice skater at uh, 14 because I got pneumonia a lot. And he said, you need to do a sport. And the only one in the winter, there was only one ice rink in Liverpool. So I learned to skate at nine, ten. And then I did some of the shows and things, yeah. you know. So uh, so I knew the dance, even though it was skating. Uh, I couldn't skate for them, but I could do the dance. Right, right. So everything that's going to make you, you, prepares you. Yeah. For whether yeah. it's Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Samaria. the uttermost parts of the, of the earth. world. It's entry. so true. Isn't it? it it's very, um, okay, two things come to my mind. It's very freeing, like that I don't always have to be in this, oh, no, oh, no, preparation mode. Yes, exactly. So that's freeing, but it also just makes me think how incredible God is. Mm. Like, does he just delight going, oh, I'll have her be in this, and oh, that'll help, and then, like, because he knows the end from the beginning, right. Alpha and Omega, he's outside of time. I mean, like Whether how, you're in poverty. Yeah, Or whether you, you know, you've been in jail. Even that, I mean, look at Linda Strom's work. Yeah. And look at look at now. She 
Do you know that Linda's prison ministry got the um, award from Dallas Governor for oh. the most transformation oh. in a help organization this year? Praise God. And they've got this whole place now they can go when they get out of prison and the police are hiring them Wonderful. for probation. Churches are going after them to do prison ministry and things. And I think there's 48 of them at the moment just about to graduate from the aftercare. And that's what she got the prison wow. the, the thing for. Because but, it's so different than so they look, bounce back to prison. It's completely like different. prison. Yeah. Yeah. God knew. And look what he's using them for now. Oh, it's wonderful. So it's, such, it's very encouraging. Nothing's wasted. Nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. If, I, if, you, if you pick up the fragments that remain of your life, that's the thing. You've got to pick up them and put them in a basket. That's your basket. And feed other people with it. Yeah. And not say, God, why are you not picking up the pieces? Really? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like pick oh, yeah. up the pieces, do the do the yeah. part. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Feed others with what you've learned yourself. That's so good. Um, I wanna circle back to one other thing. Let's pause a second. If you are enjoying the real deal with Rachel in a way, subscribe, rate and review it. I appreciate your support. All right. Back to the real deal. As women we can think somebody else isn't isn't doing as much. Yeah. Well, they have a Little smaller skip. boat. You know? I, I get women to tell each other what they think they are, or, and the married. No, I'm not. I'm this. Mm. You know, you don't see yourself as your husband does and wife. But um, then I talk about all the different ships. The little skiff, when when I'm miserable, Stuart either says, go and write a poem, and if that doesn't work. <laughs> right. right. He says, oh, go and get one of my friends is little fluffy she makes me laugh when I'm miserable she she's mm. just mm. a stitch oh just get Judy to come and go out for coffee for heaven's sake I don't know what to do with you yeah. <laughs> and so she gets me laughing yeah. and we kill ourselves yeah. and I come back all renewed yeah but she goes to bed and has a nervous breakdown <laughs> because that's all she can carry oh okay see yeah yeah makes she's so gonna much work sense. for the week <laughs> <laughs> one one coffee day I with you she in. spent. Yes. <laughs> but, but a joyful heart is good medicine. Oh, so you uh, know that you just need the medicine, and so you go laugh. And some of the people are hospital ships. Mm, yeah. And some, it's just a good picture for it's people. So good to help each other. How has God made you? He does not make you to sing. And it's the chapter where it says, "Come unto me, you who are overladen," mm -hmm. is the word, mm -hmm. overloaded, mm -hmm. and I will give you rest. Rest. And uh, yoked to me, you will know. Right. Right. What burden I want you to bear. Right. He wants you to bear. Yes. Um, there will be a burden, but his is light. Uh, what are they? Boxes and things. And so then Stuart the and I talk about being. Um, an inspector for each other and yeah. you know helping each other to see how much you, you made and often you have to carry more because of tragedy and things that happen you can't decide to load that off on anyone correct uh, it doesn't mean you stop everything else it just means you'll be given supernatural help to cope. right uh, well, I think that you can't offload it no but you can't two, throw two it things over that just I because you're in trouble right two things I think we're commanded to do is uh, 
carry your own load, yeah. but bear one another's burdens. Exactly. So like there's, you know, I can't say to somebody, yeah. can you come just do my laundry today? Yeah. No. Yeah. But when it's a burden, yeah. we're really commanded yeah. to carry one another's I've burdens. I've really That's struggled with that. too much for the person. I've really struggled with that. Because Letting people help you? No, saying, will you help me? Mm. No, I've, I've struggled because I ask everyone to help me. <laughs> oh, the opposite way. <laughs> well, Stuart says, why are you asking her to cook for you, Jill? We're, we're home. You know, we get off a plane, we've been away five days. What's for dinner tonight? You've got to be home, you have to go shopping, and you have to cut it up, right? Right, right. right. Let's go to the, oh, no, we can go shopping on the way home. He doesn't get it. So Yeah, yeah. Might as well ask somebody who's, like, excited. To, no, I get it. I often say I gave up, Lent, you know, cooking for Lent years ago. So. <laughs> okay, so one of the things I was thinking is you have to carry one another's burden, but I, I also believe God knows the boat that he gave you to be, and Scripture says that he... A bent reed he will not break. No, exactly. And a and smoldering wick class, he will not snuff out. Like does, God doesn't yeah. do any of that just to I crush us. I got a poem us. on that. Too. Do you really? Yes, I do, somewhere. Okay. <laughs> one of these boxes. <laughs> one of these boxes. <laughs> one of these. <laughs> but it's amazing that when I, when I mean, I've, I've heard the verse before, I've read the verse before, uh, but when you're in a situation where you read that verse for the first time, yeah. knowing that he's not against you and he's not yeah. trying to crush yeah. you, yeah. it's freeing. It's yeah. like, oh, okay, you are going to... Allow me to be under pressure, yeah. but not to snuff me but out. But I think you have to realize that there are situations in life where he is not going to rescue you, where the burden will be exacerbated, and where all your strength will be gone. Yep. And you accept that. Like, I'm doing more and more on Paul and his thorn mm. in the flesh. Mm. Uh, Heal me, Lord, no. Heal me, Lord, no. Heal me, Lord, no. What do you not understand about no, Paul? So he quit asking, and he said, I learned three things. I learned about myself, to have a heart for people that were yeah. sick, which I never had before. I learned that your strength's made perfect in my weakness. Right. That enough strength, not all strength, yeah. but enough to bear. I mean, what about these people that are tortured for their faith and what right. And what about these people that, uh, there, there are times, Jesus, about to be crucified, with strong cries said, God, is there any other way? It's in Hebrews. And God said, it's, it's talking about Gethsemane. Yeah. He said, my son, if there were, I would have found it. Yeah. And so it's, it's normal to ask for relief or for help, and you should do that. But we live in a sin-soaked world. There will be times in all of our lives where we don't have any strength left. Right. And we will suffer. Right. And we will die. We can't stop dying. Yeah, right. And so, and, and minor things as well. And I think in those times, it, it is just the endurance and the fortitude that he talks about. Um, you, you know, joy comes in the morning, yeah. not at night. Yeah. Weeping may People remain for the night. People ask joy for the night. He, mm. he said, how could you have joy in the night? Right. So um, weeping weeping will endure for a night, night. Mm -hmm. but joy comes in the morning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And whether it's joy in heaven for those that suffer. And the more I older get, the more you see people dying and go to funerals and stuff, and the more I realize 
death's horrible. Mm. It's the last enemy. Mm. What are we trying to make it anything else? Mm. Uh, and so, actually, I spent a day years ago praying through every one of my family about their death and just asking God in advance. And I haven't bothered praying since. Yeah. I've just accepted that he heard that and he will. Yeah. That he will be all that we need him to be when we need when him happens. to be all that we need. Oh, that's good. Say that one that's again. That's I am. That's what it means. Okay. I am. He will be all, all that? that? All that I need him to be when I need him to be all that I need. Nothing else will help me. Yes. So it'll be horrible. Yes. But he will be all I need in the horrible. Yes. To get me through it, either to heaven or to mm. release me mm. from it. Mm. So good. I, it is, because otherwise I have more and more people worries me, say to me, uh, well, he didn't, why did he allow this to happen? Yeah. If you don't know about that, to my child, etc., etc. Uh and you just look at those pictures, listen to their stories. Yeah. And yet look at their faces. I know. Look at I know. the joy. I know. I heard someone once say that uh, why is such a hard and invalid question? Because it makes you an invalid. And using the word invalid and oh, invalid makes you the victim. Yeah. And then he said in, in Acts chapter 2, there's some questions that don't start with why. Mm -hmm. But when the Holy Spirit has descended, the, the two questions can be used for universally. And they are, uh, what does this mean? Mm. And what are we to do? Mm -hmm. You know, and those, like in any situation, what does this mean? And what am I to do is that moves us forward or gets us going or at yeah. least rather than why? why yeah. you, you know what I mean? Yeah, why is it makes you an invalid? It really Because does. what why does is cut you off from the source of help. Amen. Because you won't talk to him. It's right. just like why? a child, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me... Um, ask you to tell one story that I remember well one one or two but so tell me about the deal with the playpen when you're because <laughs> I think there could be somebody that listens to this podcast that will be as blessed as I was because I think my kids were younger when I heard it <laughs> well my situation when mine were little not only did I have my three kids alone with me mm -hmm. in a small gatehouse but of course I'd started children's stuff all over with farmers and stuff so I had all sorts of weird people in the house as well <laughs> and so I was busy um, and Stuart was away for those long months and the kids were six six four and Pete was a baby just you could plunk him anywhere and he couldn't crawl even to you <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was nice. <laughs> but then, so I'm in this little lodge, which was 400 years old. It's a castle. It belongs to the castle, which was older than that, 800 wow. years old. So um, there's, there's no cupboards. They didn't have cupboards for some reason. And I'm reading the scriptures, enter your closet. And I said, there isn't even a closet I can get away from, just these little fingers and everything. And so you mean not like kitchen cabinets? Not like, what do you mean there are no cupboards? Well, there were no 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 cupboards in a lodge. Oh, okay. Um, you had to get a, a 
a piece of furniture. A special dresser, a special yes. bookcase. Okay, Even got it. Even a kitchen cupboard. There's okay. no cupboards okay. in those old houses. Okay. And so, and certainly not one you could walk into, like the closet mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. scripture. I'm reading this. Enter your closet. <laughs> I said, there isn't even a closet in this bedroom. I can't wait till they're all in bed at night and get away. Because, Mommy! Yeah, yeah. And so, um, especially with the baby and then the two toddlers. Or Dave was six, I think. So then my eye fell on the playpen. <laughs> and ours weren't like yours with a soft bottom. They yeah. were little fences. Right, right. And you'd just put the fence down. Yeah. And I thought, oh. So that way I can watch what the little wretches are doing. And <laughs> I can take my cup of tea and my Bible and Jesus and I can... I found my cupboard so I couldn't wait till... <laughs> The time came when I clambered in this thing. <laughs> and I got a little stool and Seriously. Oh yeah. So the kids were fascinated. And it's like going to an so, exhibit at the zoo. Yes. They come around rattling the bars. <laughs> mummy, mummy, get me in. No, 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 no. Just leave me here. Mummy's meeting with Jesus. She'll come and play with you soon. Yes. Mummy's can you see Jesus, Judy? <laughs> no, it's Jesus, Mummy. Why are you meeting with Jesus? Why can't we see Jesus? And I'm saying, shut up. <laughs> this is not a good time to meditate. Anyway, oh. at least the little sticky fingers yes. are, you know, yes. it was just wonderful. Yes. Yes. And I said, I'll be out in a minute. Now just let me. So I do this thing and then I get out and, you know. So I'll tell you. Dave's story about this. Is that what you'd heard? I, I, no, I don't. Okay. So, that I, I just tell women find a closet. I yeah. don't care where it is. Right. Just, and, and find somewhere where you can watch them. Yeah. It's like people that have got a new baby have told me they spend it reading their Bible when they're feeding the baby. Good idea. Yeah. You know, you yeah. can't even get away from the baby, uh, right. newborn like that. So, Fast forward, so now David, who'd rattled the bars to get in, <laughs> talked to Judy about meeting, what's she doing? Here's a pastor up at, um, straight out of seminary, okay. in a little Baptist church with 60 people, that's where he started. Oh, okay. Which is wonderful, because that's where he started again here. Mm -hmm. He loves little churches and grows them already. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> and so, I'm up at Menominee to hear my son preach. I'm so proud. It's one thing your husband ministering to you. It's another thing your children. Yeah. You can't buy it. No money. Mm. And so I'm sitting on the front row and I'm all excited. And all these country women, that's his mother. That's his mother. <laughs> <laughs> there I she say, is. Yes, you know, I'm. that's my son. And to my horror in his sermon, he begins to tell this story about me in his playpen. <laughs> And now I wish I was on the back row. I think, oh no, oh no. And so now they're saying, <laughs> what's she doing in the playpen, you know? <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, what's she doing? <laughs> so, oh. so, so then I lose and I think, well, it, I have to find out what, what this is. Why is he telling a story? And he said, uh, my mother said she was meeting with Jesus, but we couldn't see Jesus, etc. And so, uh, so we, we learned to leave her alone, though, in the playpen mm. for a very good reason. 
And so he pauses, and everyone's no more now. Yeah, yeah, like he had. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because they did. They they got to leave me alone. Yes. And I thought, yes, that's true. They just, mummy's in the playpen. She, sh- sh- sh. And he said, because little children, particularly, and most children, always do what's to their advantage. Mm-hmm. And my mum was a whole lot nicer mum when she got out than when she got in. There you go. What a. Yeah. I was Time not, along with God. Tell, tell your audiences if this goes. I was not trying to model anything for right. my children. Right. I was desperate, you know. But, uh, yes, I was ready to be patient yep. and kind because yep. I'd met with Jesus for yep. 10 minutes, just 7, 10, 10. So find 10 minutes, find your playpen. That's I told exactly this story right. in 19... Uh, when we came in 70... 1970, mm. I got the women's ministry going, yeah. and then I started doing little things for churches. And it was at some church in Carolina I told this story. And I went back, I kid you not, about <laughs> five years ago. That's a lifetime between 30, yeah. 30, 40 years. Right, right. And um, to the same church, it's a very well known wow. church. Wow. and some of the older ladies like me said, Jill, you used to, you came when and Lots was doing those things and you were doing, you know, and and then you came to our church to our little women's meeting and I said, yes. And and she said, uh, you told that story about the playbills. <laughs> this only happened a few years ago. Yeah. And I said, oh, yes. Hmm. And she said, let me tell you. She was so gorgeous. I wish I could give her a southern accent. Let me tell you, Jill. She said, you know where we lived, where the church is? She said, and it's on the outskirts of the city, just in the shopping centers. She said, Mm. yes, she said, there was a toy store, and it sold out of playpen. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody said, I know what my action point is. America, (laughs) what is wrong with you? (laughs) Well, you know, my kids... So it's probably a whole ministry started. <laughs> the playpen ministry yes. is what it is. Well, really, time alone with God, <laughs> right? <laughs> but my kids used to say, so we homeschooled our kids. Uh-huh. And I, you know, I don't say that for anything other than it was true. But I would, I would get too worked up if I didn't go for my walk at some point in time. Yeah. So then there's this, well, you got to go for your walk, but you really don't want to leave the kids because yeah. you're not, te- you're the teacher, but you're gone. Yes. You know what I mean? But I, I literally would need to go for my walk because it would be t- solitude. It would be time with yeah. Jesus. It would yeah. be exercise. Yeah. It would be, all- but the kids would say like, mom, have you not, you need to go take your walk. Oh. You know, they, they would kind of like uh-huh. inform one another, like yeah. she'll, she'll be better if she goes and just, you know. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant they had plans for you while you were out. <laughs> well, that's probably true, too. You that's probably knew. true, too, and I haven't even never found out. <laughs> Some things I'm beginning to find out as they get older, but one time I went on my walk, and I had a neighbor friend from the neighborhood come around, and she would swing by to come get me, and, and she came, and I, I got out of my door, and I realized my kids said, Goodbye, Mom. So I looked back to see if they were, you know, waving me on. They were on the roof. No. <laughs> They went out my one son's window, no. and they could no. climb up on. They had their books with them. Oh they were reading, doing their little read aloud up on the roof. Oh my I'm like, word. get back inside. Yeah. The police, you know, I don't want. Oh my word! Anyway, that's neither they didn't here fall off. That was the big all right. Well, will you save a story for another time, yeah, or this time? But it's going right. to be the one about when you first came to America and you went through the car wash. Oh. <laughs>
<laughs> I, don't tell them. Do you want to tell that one? I today? think most people that listen need a good laugh. They do. So I'm giving I, them I have a to good tell laugh. you that I know who I am. Yeah. And I used to go speak somewhere, and they'd say that, you know, somebody that you know very well, or somebody that you know, from our church was there before, and I used to be like, oh, this person's so eloquent, I needed yeah. to be that, or yeah. this person's yeah. such a preacher, I yeah. need to be that, and then I, God said, no, uh-huh. you know who you are, yeah. I made you, and I love to laugh, yeah. yeah, and I love to get an audience yeah. to laugh, yeah. and the enemy used to try and tell me that's not worth yeah. it, but people would come forward, yeah, and they'd say, I haven't laughed in a no, long time, exactly. this was so good, and if I have the ability yeah. to retreat, Laughter you know, there's medicine. a Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday, yeah. you know, you might as well start yeah. with, yeah. like, you know, anyway, so laughter yeah. is so good. Well, Proverbs, where is yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, laughter is medicine. Yeah. Anyway, um, yes, so we'd been here, we immigrated in 1970, three kids, 11, 9, and 7. Mm. And uh, it, it, I knew I had to make it a great adventure. We oh. had literally left two grandmas and our England and all their friends and everything and come. And so the excitement of discovering America. I had never been. Stuart had traveled here and worked here 10 years before we ever came. So I... Everything would be new. Everything. And the worst thing was driving on the other side of the road. Yeah. And when your brain... For how old was I when I came? I was, I can't even remember. How old would I be? Twenties, thirties. Well, your kids were eleven. Eleven. So how? When did you have? Oh, I had David a year after we were married. Okay. I didn't help me. (laughs) (laughs) I have to do another sum. (laughs) Don't do sums. (laughs) Anyway, okay, so. So you're a certain year old. Yes. And so um, everything was exciting, especially trying to drive on the wrong side of the road. Oh, I can't even imagine. And actually, I shouldn't have been driving on the wrong right side of the road because I've never been a very good driver. (laughs) (laughs) So now I come to a country where I have to deprogram my brain to look to the left to see for traffic instead of the right. yes. And you didn't have roundabouts then. Yeah. You only had stoplights. Right. They were new for me. And um, they seemed weird. And just everything. So then we were given... But steering wheel is even on the different side, right? Oh, yes. Everything. It took me a year to take my test. And I should have taken it. Maybe I'll get put in prison for that. So you better not put this on here. <laughs> Three months after you get here, if yeah. you get it. And I took it a year because mm. I wasn't ready after right. a year. right. And then to my horror, I did a U-turn at traffic lights near the church. Yeah. And police car was behind me. This is after a year and I haven't taken my okay. test. So I'm sort of illegal at this yeah. point. And he follows me around and stops and he says, what are you doing? Yeah. And I made a very bad mistake. I said, sir, in England. And he presumed I'd just arrived. Yeah. Now, I've been here the, the year. <laughs> year. And then he started talking, explaining, oh, and then I, well, in your America, and I thought, oh, my word. Oh. If he asked for my license, he's going <laughs> he's to arrest to... <laughs> me. <laughs> and I couldn't get a word in edgeways, and he kept telling me and telling me and telling me, and he said, now, don't forget, you have to take your test. And I thought, do I confess to him yeah. now? Or yeah. what do I do? Well, then he nearly got killed with a 
car that came oh. round. <laughs> Fortunately, it went away. So then I was shaken and I went to take my test. I'd been there a year and, and I thought I'd better do it. And I did so much wrong. And so the guy said, okay, you've passed. I said, how can I went up on the pavement when I backed up? How can you, how can, he said, I don't want to get you again. I was just going to say. So this is my driving, okay. And that's when I've been here quite a while, a year. So, yes, this is the story. When we first got here, you can imagine what it was like when I was just practicing. And I had three kids shouting at me from the back of the of the um they bought me uh, no um like a station wagon yes a station was it a wagon. long one yes okay and it opened at the back you know <laughs> so i had them in and we brought our dog we took our dog everywhere before we realized we shouldn't really be driving with okay. the dog so the dog was there as well yeah. uh oh no he wasn't on this incident uh, i could write a book about all the incidents having the dog in the car <laughs> you should you really should <laughs> Because people, like, are so connected to their pets. Oh, yes. Okay. So I'm driving along and feeling I'm getting a bit better by Mayfair, which is a shopping center. Right. And Dave suddenly says, Mom, I heard about car washes. And I said, what's that? (laughs) He said, well, you just drive your car in and they wash it for you. I said, people? He said, I don't know. But he said, hey, they said there's one by Mayfair. Is this Mayfair? Yes. Well, it's it's by so-and-so. Please, let's go. That'd be fun. And you stay in the car and they wash it. That's all he knew. Right, Well, that's not quite right. (laughs) (laughs) But you were embracing an adventure. Exactly. So I thought, okay. So I turn in at the car wash. (laughs) And it is summer. We're in the summer. Okay. Uh, The end of summer, about... September actually it was and uh, and so we turn in and we just read the instructions and we can't find the right money because I haven't learned the money yet yeah, to yeah. put in the things and then I see this place and I go and pay for the ticket and I come out and get back in the car and they, I said uh, what do we do yeah I didn't like to say what on earth do we do and she said well just go in and I said well, <laughs> she began to look at me a bit strange, and I—I I, I I was an idiot. I should have said I've never done this before, right. but I, I, my pride wouldn't let me. And she said, "In the in the hole, in the hole, you know." And I said, "Oh yes, yes." So I got back in the car, and there, there it is, Mum. That the car went in before us. So <laughs> I go in, and. This is exciting. And as soon as we go in, the water starts right at the front. And all the windows are down because it's summer. summer. <laughs> but you do have to turn your car off, I think, right? So yes. there's no way to get them up if they're electric. Well, Were they electric or were they? Well, the thing is, all I knew was a button <laughs> for the windows. <laughs> no, all I knew was um, not a button. The handle, the, the handle. turn, and the crank to okay. So I see the water and scream to the kids, oh, shut the windows. And they're saying, there's no handle, there's no handle, there's no handle. Well, that did it. So they're open. And so we started to scream as we saw it coming. It filled the car up to about this thing. Three or We're four all inches. soaked. And the kids are beside themselves, not mother as well. Anyway, it finishes at the back. 
And we all say, oh, and get out of here. Now. It's coming back. It all starts Because it's a, like hydraulic yes, oil kind. Yes. So it all comes back and we get soaked again and now the water's here. And Oh, my word, we're nearly hysterical. And so we come out and there's three young men standing with the drying things in oh, to totally dry. frozen. And they're screaming as well. job is just to wipe off a few little drops to shine it oh my goodness so that was my our first american adventure the car wash <laughs> oh one other funny story i'm learning uh, in the adventure to go to mcdonald's <laughs> only america had mcdonald's when we came believe it or not yeah prehistoric and so um, that was the next thing. Kids said, we go to McDonald's now. And my friend said, you go to McDonald's. So it's a drive-through. Okay. A drive, yeah, it's a drive-through. Now this time, actually this was quite a while later because I had, yeah, because Judy's kids were there. This is a long time oh, yeah, after. Yeah. I still have never been through a drive-through. So I've got them all in the thing. And I say, let's go to McDonald's. So, well, let's go through drive-through. Uh, David says we never do we, we don't need to go in you can get it and we can eat it in the car so Danny is 11 10 or 11 he's the eldest and then all the rest of them okay and so I say okay what do you all want and so they said oh look there's a just like a up, menu board or whatever pouring with rain so oh. I said okay and it's like that awful game they all say I want a pickle I don't want a pickle yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and I'm trying to remember all this <laughs> And I said, "What do I do?" And they say, "You just you just, you just shout <laughs> into the speaker so, thing." Yes. So I drive up to the speaker thing and thing, and it's pouring with rain. And Danny, naughty boy, knows exactly what I've done. No, I don't. So I managed to scream into the thing yeah. and keep forgetting. No, I didn't say that. I want right, right. chips, chips. And then, oh, and then I round up the thing. I said, what do I do now? And Danny says, you've been shouting into a post. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd let me do it. <laughs> so I'm so mad. I go to the next and I say, everybody, same thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was, it was an adventure. And I had to make it a great adventure and yeah. a fun adventure because... Yeah. Um, it was hard for the kids. They yeah. don't know it's hard, though, when you have it to be an adventure. I mean, it, it doesn't mean it's completely easy, but it's, no. it's your attitude that's going to permeate. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Let's, let's have fun with this and, you know. That's good. So it's usually at my expense. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, but you know what? I, I think the last time we talked, you did talk about... Um, you know, laughing at ourselves, and it is fun. Oh. You know, I mean, I laugh at myself. Stupid. I think I'm actually very take funny. Your, take yourself far too seriously, Jill. I remember him telling me, which mm. I did. I, mm. I always, I do take myself too seriously. And that's why I'm, I said, that's why I married you. <laughs> <laughs> you made me laugh. Right. And he said, never take yourself too seriously. Right. And learn to laugh at yourself. And that keeps your ego down. That's easy for me. I've got a lot to keep my ego down. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that's good. So thank you for our time. Oh, that's I really fun. appreciate it. That's fun. I have no idea if it's useful. For you oh, definitely. Not. Really, definitely useful. I think we got something. Let me pray for you. Can I pray yes. for you yes, and your dear. health and everything? Yes, please. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this beautiful one. And Lord, I just thank you for this time with this podcast. I pray that laughter is a joyful heart uh-huh. is good medicine, Lord. So I just thank you for the laughter. And I just pray over Jill right now, God. I thank you for the way you've made her. And I thank you that you've made her body. And it has been designed by you, King Jesus. And so I just command everything in her body to come into alignment the way Jesus created it. And anything that's come against her, attacking her body, virus or any other bacterial infection, anything that she got, Lord, I just believe in Jesus' name that you didn't want it. So I pray that she'd be healthy and whole. Mm -hmm. And I pray that this would be uh, shorter rather than a long-term thing, God. So just strengthen her frame. You say that our bodies can be like well-watered gardens and that you would strengthen our frame. So I just bless her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. And I just thank you for who she is. Bless her body and rash be gone, cough be gone, lungs be open. Mm -hmm. And just uh, let her sleep, let her eat, and let her rest. Thank you that she serves you in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to The Real Deal with me, Rachel Inouye, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. Audio engineering by my husband, Michael Inouye. Thanks, babe. Theme music by Andrew Grace. Thank you.